Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us. We want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this episode are Terry Cushman coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Winda, Maine, and Nick Face coming to us from Reading, Massachusetts. Nick, how are you and where can the fans find you on Twitter? Hey, you, Charlie. I'm doing great. They can find me on Twitter at FaceTheFacts15. Superb. And Terry, how are you and where can the fans find you on Twitter? I am good and they can find me at CushmanMLB. Fantastic. Naturally, this episode will take place dealing with totally legit or calling the cops. Nick, totally legit or calling the cops. Number one, even with the addition of a potential starter and a bona fide bat at the deadline, it still will not be enough to help the Red Sox into the postseason. Is this totally legit or are you calling the cops? Totally legit. There's no hesitation on that one from me. This is a fool's gold kind of team this season. We are still hovering around that 500 point on the mark right now. There are too many holes on this team to fill to be a legitimate postseason player. Yes, there's all these wild cards and slots and all that going on here, but the Achilles heel on the Red Sox has been depth. Their depth keeps on getting tested with who's playing short, who's in the bullpen, who's the starting pitcher, who's catching today, all those things catch up to you in the long run. And I just think there's way too much of a long list on the shopping cart that you need to fix this team. So I don't think this helps whatsoever. I will say that that's also totally legit. I'm also skeptical. I mean, name two serious prospects that bloom is even willing to trade anyway is he going to put nick york in a package i doubt it and i think we can all agree that meyer is the one untouchable um but i just don't see a a big trade happening i i think it's going to be a lot of selling which i said in the last show really concerns me because hein bloom has never gotten a good return back by dealing a veteran it just it hasn't happened. We haven't seen it. It's like Sasquatch. It doesn't exist. And so I, I just, it, this is the most brutal time to be a Red Sox fan if you're under the age of 40. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of people that might disagree with that take if they're, you know, 65, 70 years old who went years <laughs> and years, multiple decades and they never even sniffed. Uh, we're a spoiled. We're rotten. We want to win. What else is new? You know, we won four since 2000. We've won four other Not teams. Enough. You know, no team has won more than we have since 2000. There has been no team more. And it's crazy because okay. we, since 2018, the, the Giants won three in a span of five years. We won two in the span of, you know, four and two in the span of, you know, five. Uh, just kind of little gaps in between. But, you know, it's been a minute. Uh, totally legit are calling the cops. This is... Totally legit. There, there's, you need more than one because the quote 
position of depth of starting pitching is not realistic. And it's going to take more than a starting pitcher here. Um, it, it won't be enough. It, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, it just it won't be enough. Even with two bats, it won't be enough because there's too many holes. We got way too many spots where people are striking out too frequently. Pitchers are getting injured, whether it be freak accidents or, or just natural bodies breaking down or, you know, players just playing in positions that they're not supposed to be in. That's just going to happen. Uh, number two, Nick, is this totally legit or are you calling the cops? James Paxton becomes the comeback player of the year for the American League. Totally legit. I love what I see from the Big Maple. I was one of the first critics of the signing. I didn't think he was going to end up even pitching this season. Ends up proving everything right. He steps on the hill. He's delivered nothing but consistency for this team. If not the one, is the he's been the number two. He's been a wonderful pair with Bayo and himself in that rotation. Coming off of that seven and two-thirds outing against the Blue Jays, which was outstanding to see, even with the high pitch count that he had. It was awesome. He delivered everything that you could have wanted as a Red Sox fan, and he's showing why they initially signed him way back. They believed in him. They trusted him. They wanted his veteran presence. They felt that he could be an anchor in this rotation. And when healthy, absolutely. This is a guy that I am excited about seeing in the rotation every five days if he stays healthy. He's shown me enough right now to say that he is absolutely in that conversation to be comeback player of the year. Terry. Can't really disagree. I mentioned in the last episode, a little bit skeptical in terms of his durability, but at face value, I mean, the dude's still throwing gas at 34 years old. I think it is. Um, you know, he's touching 98 on the gun and just absolutely fooling uh, the batters in the batter's box. And I mean, he this might be one of the best years of his career. <laughs> it could be. So not just the comeback player of the year. It could be the best year he's ever had. And it took him until age 34 to, to do it. I'm not going to be a fool and say that this is going to be like the Sandy Koufax of the Red Sox, someone who ends up having a lights-out career for four or five years. But in the last four years, really, the only relevant year he's had was the Yankees. And before that, he had one and a half, maybe two years in Seattle where he was good. And the four years before that was were just completely marred by injuries. He just could not stay healthy. But, uh, Terry, you just talked about something. This would be the best statistical year he's had. The guy doesn't allow a lot of home runs. The walk numbers are low. He's striking out over one an inning. It's actually at 11 right now. So his K-9 is 11, which he has been at each of the last five years uh, that he has had a quality uh, season as far as multiple starts put together. Uh, I'm not going to really count 2021 because he only played in you know one game and lasted an inning. So really we're looking at about four seasons since 2017, uh, and each year he's he's been a dominant strike thrower. He does throw gas. He's only had one season where he struck out over 200 guys, and he only pitched 160 innings that year. But I absolutely believe that this is the type of guy that has the ability to be a comeback player 
Chris Sale would have also been on that list, but unfortunately he's injured and he can't, you know, can't get an award if he can't come back. Uh, I absolutely think this is totally legit. Uh, number three on totally legit or calling the cops, Shohei Otani will hit 50-plus home runs and win 15-plus games en route to winning both the Cy Young and MVP. Is this totally legit? Are you calling the cops? Oh, I want to call it legit. I so want to because it's so tempting with how special this guy is, but I think I'm going to call the cops. And the reason I'm going to do that is just because throughout baseball history, this is th- this would be like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing of seeing of sorts, winning both of those kind of awards. Otani's amazing. He's great and everything, but you have to be pretty damn lucky to, to be able to get all those cred- uh, credentials to get any kind of double kind of award from any of that. So I want to call the cops, but I'm going to do it with hesitation. Because I'm leaving that, I'm leaving that jar open just a little bit. Terry, it's close. It's really, really close. Uh, the The thing that gives me the most pause is whether or not Shohei can win the Cy Young. Uh, so for that reason, uh, I'm skeptical enough. I'm probably going to call the cops. I could be wrong. I wouldn't mind being wrong. You look at him and Kevin Gosman, and Gosman's pitched uh, just over 14 more innings. Their ERAs are almost identical. Um, Gosman, a 3.04. Shohei, 3.02. They both have seven wins. But where Gosman really stands out is he has 19 more strikeouts uh, than what Otani has. And... Which one of those could have the bigger drop-off in the second half? I just, I'm not sure. Uh, Garrett Cole could also sneak up on them as well and potentially exceed them uh, should he be lights out uh, in the second half. His ERA, uh, 279, so he's actually significantly lower. Uh, Same exact number of innings as... um, Kevin Gosman. So it looks to me like it's a it's a three horse race right now, uh, you know, as far as Cy Young, but just a little bit of a stretch. I think Shohei's probably gonna be MVP. Uh no doubt about that. I think we might have lost Charlie. Any more thoughts, Nick? Oh, here he is. No, I, I like how you were able to put Garrett Cole and Gosman into that conversation as well. I'm on the same predicament here. It's a matter of what happens here in the second half to see what happens. I'm in the same camp. MVP right now is Shohei Otani. No, no doubt. It's a matter of what does he, what does he put up the rest of this second half, and see what he does pitching wise as well. Will he lead the Angels finally to a playoff berth? That'll be exciting. I'm sure Mike Trout will be appreciative of that as well. So I'm going to say that um, I apologize that audio issues for a brief moment. Um, Shohei Otani has over 30 home runs so far. He doesn't seem to be able to miss any pitches, even if he wants to. Uh, he's got, I believe, seven or eight wins on the year. He's got over 120 strikeouts. He's absolutely lights out. He's consistent. He's not getting injured. Shane McClanahan was my pick 
to win the AL Cy Young, but unfortunately he can't stay healthy, unknown as to when he will return. That is really the only threat, in my opinion, that Shohei Otani will have in not getting the Cy Young. Because I think the MVP is all but bottled up here. I absolutely think this is totally legit. I think he has the ability to win both. He's the best player, I think, in baseball. No one does it better than he does. He just hit a mammoth, I think it was 494, 495-foot home run at Angel Stadium. If you haven't seen it yet, the ball still hasn't come down. Uh, it's an absolute monster. He, he, he just hits tanks. He just hits these absolute bombs. And it, it just doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon. I, I just... I have a hard time giving the MVP award to anybody else outside of him if, if you can do what he does, and there's no one else like him. Um, anything else you guys want to add on that one? Right on. Cool. Number four. This is going to be a fun one. Totally legit. We're calling the cops. Juan Soto has a 277-1546. That's batting average home run, RBI slash, and 75 walks in 84 games this year. Without a major contract, still, turning down the 15-year, $440 million deal will go down as the biggest regret in his career. Is that totally legit? Are you calling the cops? Totally legit, I'm going to call on that one, because there's no. I just don't see him getting that money again. I don't think he's the player he was a couple years back. Numbers are decent right now for the Padres, but even look at the Padres right now. They're a mess. They're a mess. They can't even figure out what they're doing this season with getting wins and everything. I don't even think the Padres maybe want to keep him long-term. That'll be interesting to see what happens ends up happening with him. But that contract will definitely go down for him as one of the bigger regrets that was there. Imagine if you were him. Imagine being that and you turn that money down. Oof. Oof. Terry, it's hard to imagine him getting more than that. I mean, how many teams are really going to be in the Otani sweepstakes? The Yankees probably won't be in there. I mean, because he would essentially be their third DH, you know, behind Stanton and Judge and. I just don't think the market is going to be there for him, you know, to get more than 440. Uh, I think he's going to sign for less than that. So I'm going to say it's totally legit. I'm going to match you and say it's absolutely legit. I believe, I think it was David Ortiz, I could be mistaken, that said, I don't know why you turned down 440 million. Like you're holding out for 500 million. What is it that you're going to be able to do with 500 million that you couldn't do with 440? That's a life-changing amount of money. Think about that for a second. Five million dollars is life-changing money. Ten million is insane. You turn down not 100, not 200, not 300, not 400, but 440 million because you thought that you were going to get more money than that. What do you want to do? Are you trying to buy a country? Like, what is it that you're trying to do? It just kind of, it, it kind of left me a little bit, you know, stupid. I felt that 
when the Nationals offered him that amount of money, he should have taken it. It was a stupid move. He could have been the face of of Washington, and now he's the face of uh, a very, you know, try-hard attempt to be a big market team, but San Diego is not. They are not going to be able to hack it, not with other teams in the National League that are just absolutely full-blown lethal. He made a big mistake. That's totally legit. Uh, just Eric. one thought that did just come to mind. Perhaps there's one aspect of him turning that down that might have made sense, and it's that who who in their right mind would want to play for a team that's based out of Washington, D.C., <laughs> like for, for 15 years? So perhaps that was it. I don't know. I'm guessing with Scott Boris as his agent, even if the Padres offered him that, uh, when he first came over, probably ends up declining it. But, um, but I wouldn't want to play in DC. That's for sure. It's not a destination city for me. Four hundred forty million dollars. That's still a contract that you can play it out for even five, six years, and then say, you know what, I'm out. I'm done. Or if you really hate it that much and you're tired of it and you don't want to play baseball anymore, just retire. You're still getting paid. I mean, shoot, that's just, it's just, it's stupid, but I digress. Number five, on totally legit or calling the cops, the Mets 2023 campaign may go down as one of the most, if not the most embarrassing in Major League Baseball history. Is that totally legit or are you calling the cops, Nick? The right now factor is 100%. I mean, look at all these players that this team brought in. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, ownership, just Steve Cohen, just trying to get everybody in their right mind. He'll throw whatever billions and millions of dollars out there to get whatever star-studded player that he can get to build that team. They're an utter embarrassment. And I am actually surprised that uh, Buck Showalter is still there. I still am. I am surprised that he's still managing that crew. Because that team is one that needs a big shakeup, big shakeup. I was in the camp of being an advocate for bringing Justin Verlander here to fend to uh, two of the Red Sox. I would have taken a chance on that. I would have taken a chance, give him whatever he wanted, dollar signs, money, just to, because of his background with being a great competitor and great champion pitcher. But this has been nothing but a disaster in uh, Queens for these New York Mets and. I feel for the Mets fans because they had everything right there all set to go, all set. They even had Lindor, big bucks that they gave him. And this is just – I feel like ever since the WBC and that closer that went down, why can't I think of his name right off the top Edwin of Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz went down. The whole, the whole New York Mets just completely crumbled right from that moment on. Right before their season started, so and he's the okay. highest paid closer in baseball, eighteen and a half million dollars. Yeah, if that wasn't an omen to start your season, I don't know what an omen is. Terry, I think the whole Steve Cohen era in Queens will likely be a clown show. <laughs> I really do. Uh, he did say, though, in terms of Showalter and I think one other person that, you know, if he were the type that was going to fire people on a whim, 
he would be creating a culture that nobody would want to be a part of, you know, going forward. So that's part of why Showalter probably still has his job. Could he be dismissed after the season? I guess it's possible. But yeah, don't give up on Verlander yet, please. I mean, he's my he's my guy and, you know, 366 earned run average on the season. His strikeout per nine is is pretty low. I will be the first to admit that, but I think he'll grind his way through the season, still be pretty serviceable. I, I don't think he's got any more Cy Youngs left in the tank, but there could be some teams that want him, uh, you know, at the end of July, and he could be in a situation where he could win a ring uh, later on this year. Uh, you know, if he ends up with the right team. So, but the Mets are a clown show, uh, totally legit, super embarrassing. And um, that whole franchise, I mean, it's just a perpetual dumpster fire. I don't even know how they got there in 2015 to play the Royals, but they it's did. pretty remarkable. It is. It's absolutely remarkable. So I think this is totally legit. And here's why. They had an opening day payroll on their 26-man roster of $330 million. The next closest team was the New York Yankees at $277 million. The difference, $53 million, just a couple million shy of the Oakland Athletics' total payroll, which is stupid. The Baltimore Orioles have a payroll of $60 million. One-sixth of the New York Mets. Tampa Bay has one of 73.1 million. A fifth, just under a fifth. Their 40-man salaries total out to 381.7 million. Next year, though, guys, $90 million comes off the books. In two years, $120 million come off the books after that. It's insane how much money that they've committed to these guys. And... Francisco Lindor, I don't know how well that contract is going to age. He signed that 10-year, 340 or 341. It was the third highest paid behind Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. Um, I, I know that you know Verlander is, is Terry's guy, and I know he'll never say anything to poo-poo him. And if he comes to Boston for six minutes and a cup of coffee, I know Terry's going to buy his jersey. But, I mean, they've got two starting pitchers that are older than dirt. One's 38, one's 40. They're each making $43.3 million this year and next year. I mean, if you, don't, if you don't go to the playoffs, you failed. If you don't ruin that division, I mean, with a $380 million payroll, you have to win the World Series. You have to. With $250 million, $300 million, you should go to the World Series and do pretty damn well. $330 million and you are in fourth place in the, in the National League, uh, National League East. You got the Braves, who are the best team in baseball right now, supplanting the Tampa Bay Rays and the Texas Rangers. You got the Miami Marlins, who had an opening day payroll of $92.5 million. So literally just a hair under off, you know, a hair under four times. You got the Philadelphia Phillies who are just barely over 500. They also have a crazy payroll of 240. So you went another 90 above them and you're doing worse than them. So 
it's just it's mind blowing how anyone can make a case. I mean, being a Mets fan has got to be one of the most difficult things to do right now and and to stomach because you really don't know what you're going to get. I mean, even with the the fiasco and the fracas with with Scherzer getting suspended for what I think was complete BS, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I think this has been an embarrassing season. The Mets with a $330 million payroll and you're a fourth place team. That's disgusting. Absolutely embarrassing. Anything else you guys want to add to that one? All right. Moving into our last topic for totally legit or calling the cops a little cherry with the Boston Red Sox here. Back in 2009, Nick, is this totally legit or calling the cops? Jacoby Ellsbury stole 70 bases in 153 games. That's, that's legit. That happened. So far, Estuary Ruiz of the Oakland A's has 42 stolen bases in 83 games. That said, Ruiz will steal the most bags in the American League since Ricky Henderson stole 93 in 1988. He has 42 so far. He needs another 51 to tie him. Do you think I'm going to say totally legit. Yeah, I'm going to say totally legit. And the reason I'll say that is you're already at the halfway point of the season. You got another week before the all-star break and everything. He's already at 42, Charlie. So, I mean, if he's, if seven, what'd you say? 71. He would need 71. Yeah. You're more than halfway there. So if barring injuries, right. Barring injury, of course, uh, with anything that goes and he stays consistent with it, sign me up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was absolutely totally. I feel like this is a totally legit night. Yeah, I, I think that it, it, it's possible. Uh, Terry, that'd be a fun one to that. see. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a fun one to see somebody break. I have never heard that player's name in my life before eleven seconds ago, and I am totally legit. I'm all for it. The guy is wheels for days. I mean, this was someone last year who he's only been in the bigs a couple of years, and he's been a journeyman each year. Played for San Diego, never really went anywhere. Played Milwaukee, didn't go anywhere. Then this year he's in Oakland, and he's a full-time player. He's finally given an opportunity to play. His career before this year in Oakland was 17 games, had one stolen base on three attempts, and this year has 42 out of 50. He leads the league in stolen bases, leads the league in, in caught stealing, but when you take when you swipe 42 out of 50... Yeah, I expect you to get pegged a couple times, too. He's only hitting 260, but he's had uh, only 21 extra base hits, which means he's had 63 singles. That's a lot of opportunities to steal second base. And with the fact that second base is now a little bit bigger, I absolutely see this is totally legit. Do I see him tying Ricky Henderson? I don't know about 93. I definitely think he's going to surpass Ellsbury at 70. I think he's going to crack 80. I don't think 85 is a far cry. I think he could sniff 90. I don't know if he will tie Ricky Henderson, but I absolutely believe this is totally legit. I mean, it is super special to see somebody with wheels. Earlier this year, we were talking about a, a record number of stolen bases with the increase in, in the base size for first, second, and third. I, uh, I don't want them to increase it again because if they do, then you're going to see someone with 150 stolen bases, and I do really like Ricky Henderson's numbers in the past. Uh, there was another player... In the early 90s, I cannot remember his name, but he was fast as hell. Um, and he the was Ray Durham. Like, nope. No, no, no. Um, oh, God, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to look it up uh, because he stole a, a boatload of bags. 
man, oh man, it's driving me nuts. Um, there was another guy who had uh, like a silly number of stolen bases for his first three, four years in the bigs. Let me see. Stand by for one second because I do want to get his name. I do want to uh, shout him out for, for getting it done. Um, apologize. You guys can hear my typing. Uh, his name was... Kenny Lofton. Not Kenny Lofton. Lofton was an absolute stud. Love that guy. Oh, my God, yeah. Triple play 97, baby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I unfortunately will have to find his name. Uh, this is someone who, first couple of years, I apologize that I can't find him, had record numbers of stolen bases, but unfortunately had struggles in the um, struggles with, uh, I think, the law. Vince Coleman. Vince Coleman was the guy. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals, did get into trouble, uh, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, you know, that that was that. Anywho. Um, I will, I will leave it there unless there was anything else that you folks wanted to add. We're going to call it on that. We want to thank all of our loyal and dedicated listeners. In addition to our first time listeners, we appreciate all of you. Everyone have a wonderful night. Take care.